In today's show, we're looking at the Utah Jazz 2021-2022 regular season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the Utah Jazz, their regular season because their playoff run still might be going. I'm recording this at the moment. They are 1-0 up on the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. But by the time you're listening to this, a lot of water has gone under the bridge. And I don't know what has happened. Because, of course, I am at this current point, I believe. I think I'm in Paris when this uh, when this show is going to air. So, ooh-la-la, baguettes, and all that sort of stuff. You know, that's where I am. But we're talking about Utah Jazz. We're talking about what their season was like and what we can look at in the future. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where are we with the Jazz? Let's look at their draft picks. Oh, they have none. Their um, second round has gone to the Pelicans and their first rounder, which would have been 22, has gone to the Grizzlies as part of the Mike Conley trade. So as things stand, they do not have a first round pick. They were 49 and 33 this season. They had the best offense in the NBA. When you think Utah, you think slow pace and you think defense. No, best offense. Defense, ninth. And their defense is actually terrible for one bloke. And that's, he lifts them to be the ninth best defense. Everyone else is bad. They had the third best net rating in the NBA. They underperformed their win-loss by seven because of so many of those late game chokes where they were just up big and let games get away. They should have been much better than they were. We'll see what that means in the playoffs. Their roster is obviously flawed and there seems to be just so much um, conjecture smoke and fire, all that sort of stuff about the future of Mitchell and Gobert together. You get the feeling that it isn't going to last too much longer with these guys together. They're still really good and it's a very good team, but just whether it's Snyder that goes or Gobert that goes or Mitchell that goes, it doesn't appear that they're going to be around forever together or at least for the next, well, you know, after next season, maybe. They're roster for next season. Wancho has a $7.4 million. I think it's a partial guarantee. There's no way they are keeping him around on that contract. Eric Paschal, the triangle's restricted. Maybe they bring him back. I don't think they particularly like him as a player. Hassan Whiteside. The world. I think he was actually really good as a backup center, and they should prioritize bringing him back. They don't have bird rights on him because it's just a one-year veteran minimum deal, but no one's giving Whiteside more than the veteran minimum. I think it'd be good if he was back for them. Really huge. Daniel House also signed mid-year after being waived by the Rockets. He was actually really good for them as well. He provided some solid wing defense, which they struggled with. I think they'd like to bring him back. And the other guy is Trent Forrest, who stepped up into be at least a solid enough NBA rotation player. He'll be a restricted free agent. He was a two-way guy at one point. I think they'll keep him around. So really, the decision is, you know, just get rid of one show and, and eat that, whatever that 
guarantee is on that salary. I think you just got to eat that. There's no reason for him to be taking up that sort of cap space and then bring in, and I don't think you worry with Eric Pascal either, bring in some other guys uh, into the rotation. It'll be the final year of Bojan Bogdanovic's contract, almost $20 million there. Um, and it will be the last year before Jordan Clarkson's $14 million player option, which he probably will opt out of. That's where we sit with their roster at the moment. Let's talk players. Let's start with Donovan Mitchell. He's done. He's good. 22nd ranked fantasy player this season. He's still only 25. He played 34 minutes and averaged 26, 4, and 5 with 1.5 steals, 45 and 85 from the field and from the line. We talked about how he does have top 15 upside and what we need to see is the steals to get back to where they were and the free throw attempts to push to seven. Well, the steals sort of got back to where they were as a rookie. He'd been struggling with that number and they'd fallen way off and he put some high numbers up as a rookie. The free throws didn't quite get there. He's still hitting them well, 85%, but only 4.7 attempts. He needs to get to the line more. Otherwise, overall pretty efficient scoring. True shooting of 57%, that's above league average. He steals back to that. He was 1.5 as a rookie, then 1.4, 1, and 1. So to take it back to that number is interesting. But over the second half of the year, that number cratered. So that carried him to a top 25 finish. Last two months, he was 39th. And that's where he'd been. Like this is his career, 49th, 45th, 44th, 38th. And then a big jump to 22nd because he was able to this year pair the rookie level steals with the fourth year scoring. But those steals dropped. And he went back to being, again, that guy who's like a fourth round, maybe third round player. Assists were up as well, marginally. But it's going to come down a lot to, like, will I feel comfortable taking him in the top 25? I don't think that I will. Just because if I look back at the his career, the trajectory of the second half of the season where efficiency started to drop, the steal rate dropped, and he was again in that back end, third, fourth round sort of player. He did increase his free throw attempt rate as the season went on and hit those at a really high level. He was back to like six and a half attempts. So that does help him. But I'm still... Maybe as a third round versus second round is probably more accurate for him, I'd say, for Mitchell. He was 24th in points leagues, averaging 41 fantasy points. He was fourth on this team in Raptor because his defensive numbers were pretty rough. He was second in EPM, but again with really rough defensive numbers. Above average, E field goal, and true shooting. Doesn't finish at the rim very well. And got by on some really good mid-range shooting, which again is a little bit of a worry if that falls away. Assist numbers are strong, and I think they're going to continue to rise, especially if the Conley stuff ends at some point in the next couple of years. He is a really good player. Does he get better if he goes to another team? I don't really think so. It's going to come down to those individual improvements. Improving free throw rate and keeping the steals up and being a six and a half assist guy. That's what pushes him to top 15. And that, that can come in a couple of years. I wouldn't rule that out with the with Conley you know, winding up his career. His Darko level has been consistently improving. He is getting better. But again, there is that steel component to that and a little bit of a drop-off towards the end of the year, which gives me a level of pause that maybe I shouldn't have. I definitely have no level of pause with Bilt Bar because I know that it's the best tasting protein bar ever. If I wanted something to eat right now, which I actually do, 
I'm gonna, I, I wouldn't reach for a candy bar because it's just too high in fat, too high in sugar, too high in calories. I'm going to go for a built bar and I've got plenty of them. They're high in protein, 17 grams. Just 130 calories though, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Very, very healthy nutritional protein bars that don't taste like dirt like most do. They taste bloody great. And they've also got their puffs, which are protein-infused marshmallow. I've got the lemon dip cheesecake flavor and it's really good. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save yourself $15 on your orders of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at the other big name on this team. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert was the 27th ranked player in category leagues. He played 32 minutes and averaged 15 and a half and 14 and a half. He blocked two shots. He shot 71 and 69 from the line. Giggity. This is just what he does, really, isn't it? Like, what's different? Yes, he did drop in usage this season, but his rebounds were identical. Uh, sorry, did he drop in? Yeah, he did drop in usage from 17 down to 16. His rebounds are marginally higher. His blocks dropped off from 2.7 to 2.1. He's always going to be in that two zone, but they dropped off. His free throws, they're always going to be in that area, but he improved that from 62 to 69. It's still a negative, just not quite as big of a negative. And his field goal went up from 68 to 71. This is what he's going to be, a blocks guy, a rebounds guy, a field goal percentage guy. Rankings are never going to accurately reflect him because it's going to take into account how negative he is in free throws. And if you punt that, he is a top 15, 16 player, maybe higher. A guy that never gets drafted really in the second round, but probably should. He's actually, his ADP was 24. He should be drafted in the top 20 of most drafts, but he is 30. If the 2.1 blocks and the 71% field goals go to 1.7 and 65, then he's not a top 20 player. And at some point, the blocks at his age are going to drop. You might have one more year at this elite consistency level but after that, you'll see the decline. It'll go from 15 and 14 to 13 and 12. And two blocks to 1.7 blocks. And 71 to 65. And it takes him from the top 20s to the 40s to the 70s. Over the next four years, I would guess. Advanced numbers are unbelievable. Like Defensively, I know oh, he gets played off the court in the playoffs, which is just honestly a blatant lie. He doesn't. Um... Sometimes his efficiency isn't quite as good in the playoffs defensively, but he's still unbelievably good. And regular season, the defensive stuff is, is it's unbelievable. I had him as my defensive player of the year. His EPM, 98th percentile. His Raptor defensive number, 7.1. Like, it's huge. Rebound rate, 100th percentile. Offensive rebound rate, 94th. Block rate, 97th. He's just so good. He's LeBron through the roof. He's Darko. Massive at four. There is a tail off coming. You can see his Darko graph. You can see his progression. You can start to see it coming down. He's hitting the downside of his career. He's on off plus 7.1. Mitchell's was negative 0.7, by the way. That's interesting, isn't it? Should be interesting to you. He's very, very good. He's very consistent. But I think we've got... I think next year he'll be fine. I worry that if the blocks go from 2.1 to 1.7, where he sits. He's still one of the most coordinated seven-footers of all time. 
unbelievable reach. I think he has the record, isn't he, for wingspan? Just rim contesting. It's still going to block shots. But from 2.7 to 2.1, if that's at 1.8, 1.9, you lose value there. And that's something to watch when we're considering his, where his value lies. Wouldn't hate him as a second rounder next year if it's in the right situation. But if he ended up as, instead of 27th, including punt, including free throws, if he ended up 50th, including free throws, it's it's not a shock at all. It's not, not it wouldn't shock me. That's what I said twice. Let's look at Conley. They're only other top 100 player, 84th on a per game basis, Mick was. 97th in points leagues, averaging 28 and a half. He played 72 games. Can you believe that Mike Conley played more games than Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? You wouldn't have expected that. And Boyan Bogdanovich. You wouldn't have expected that, would you? He did start to play back-to-backs. 29 minutes, 14-3-5, steals, 44-80. and 80. He did all of that, played good minutes, but he's old. He's 34. He's going to be 35 next season. He can't carry the big usage. He can't get the big assist numbers anymore. This is who he is, and we just got to price in a little bit more regression, age-related, for next season. He was still really useful, and they're doing a great job of keeping him in the correct role. But there's going to be just a further drop-off somewhere. He shot 41 from three. Does that fall off? Does the usage go from 20 to 18? Do the 29 minutes go to 27 minutes? I think that's all realistic. And in fact, I probably wouldn't target him in the top 100 next season, despite playing 72 games. Just think with that little drop-off, which I expect will be an issue. Advanced numbers, though, love him. Like he's second on this team in Raptor, 4.1. Mitchell was at 2.2 for reference. Third in EPM, 95th percentile in the NBA, 95th percentile on estimated wins. Doesn't, 50% at the rim, shithouse. But 44 on mids, 41 on threes. Great assist numbers, strong turnover numbers, great steal numbers. He's still really valuable. It's just going to become valuable in less volume, which again is going to impact us fantasy-wise. LeBron metrics love him. Darko said likes him, but it's seeing the decline coming. And I think we should be seeing that decline as well. Plus 3.3 on court as well, which is interesting. Him and Gobert positives, Mitchell negative. Can't read too much into it, but it is something to note. Next player is Boyan Bogdanovich. Just one of the most frustrating fantasy players out there. 109th ranked player, drafted 106. 119th in points leagues, averaging 26 points. He scores well, but inconsistently, and he does nothing else. 18, 4, and under 2 assists. Half a steal, and it's just coming up. My stats say he's got 0.0 blocks. Did he not block a single fucking shot all season? Is that possible in 69 games, Giggity? I need to look at this up. Boyan Bogdanovich, total blocks, one. When did he block that shot? He had one block all season. It's going to be like the first game of the year or something, isn't it? Something crazy. Boyan Bogdanovich blocked his only shot on the 18th of November. (laughs) That's pretty embarrassing. One block shot. He does nothing. He hits threes, he scores, and he's inconsistent. Actually, that's not fair. He gets the line a little bit. 86% four attempts. There's some value in that. He's really solid offensively. He's just horrible defensively. And he doesn't offer anything apart from that spot-up scoring, which is useful. You're really above average efficiency in the NBA. Finishes the rim solidly and gets there at not a bad volume. 
but he doesn't do anything else. And that always is going to hold him back fantasy-wise that when he has those games where the shot isn't falling or there's stretches of games, it gets pretty rough. He's fairly stable in terms of role, but he's 33 as well. I don't really see how they're replacing him. But yeah, this is the guy that you pick in that 11th round with very little upside, I think, but also pretty limited downside. And in shallow formats, he's not a must-roster guy. There just isn't the upside in him. He's an interesting prospect, or an interesting player. Negative 2.8 on court as well. Pretty rough. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting spots, betting stats, actually, and sports info. That's BetOnline.net. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball season kicking off, hitting off, hitting off, leading off. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website, check on the Utah Jazz. Are they still in the playoffs? What are their odds for their upcoming series? Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Royce O'Neal. I thought he was pretty bad this season, most of it. Fantasy-wise, he's just a fart in your mouth. Like, he's just gross. And you you look at numbers, and you go, 147th, Josh, there's 156 rostered players. More when you include injured reserve. Oh, turnovers? He's a top 100 player. It's one of the best arguments for why you shouldn't include turnovers in ranking players. Because he just doesn't provide anything good. Like, what does he do that's a positive? And I think, actually, his defensive ability, which is part of the reason why he was so useful for the Jazz over the course of the years, is being someone who, or years, being someone who could sit um, on the perimeter and guard guys, I think it's dropped off quite a bit. If I have a look at where he jumps up to, yeah, he looks 137th if you turn turnovers off in uh, values of rankings. He's just, what did he average? Seven points, five boards, 1.1 steal, 46 and 80 on no attempts. His points value, 198, averaged 20 fantasy points. He just shouldn't have been, he shouldn't be drafted and he shouldn't really be rostered in most most leagues. Most, sorry, most 12-team leagues. Even his advanced stuff dropped off. It was still okay, but did drop off a bit this season, Royce. And the Basmati man is what, 29? As an undrafted player, forged a nice career. Is it starting to end for him? It's getting into that area, isn't it? He just looked bad this season, I thought, most of the time. Again, the advanced numbers aren't horrific for him. They're just not they're just not good. They're not as good as they've been. And we're starting to see a bit of a decline from him in value. O'Neill also was a negative 2.8 on court. Played a lot of minutes for his team. Played 77 games, 31 minutes. But they need to find a replacement there at some point. I don't think he's got a fantasy his, uh, fantasy upside. Jordy Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 149th ranked player. He was significantly overdrafted. 106th. Made no sense to me to pick him there. He's 30. Can you believe Jordan Clarkson's 30? 27 minutes, 16 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 0.8 steals, 2.5 threes, 42 and 83. The reason he was drafted so high is he had a great start to last season where he shot out of his ass and it didn't sustain last season and it wasn't going to sustain this season. 
Yeah, that was an obvious avoid one to me. Um, the scoring is still really valuable for Clarko. There's just nothing else there. And it did help that Ingles was out with the ACL then was traded and the other guys got hurt and he played a few extra minutes. But ideally, an idealized Jazz team, he plays 24 minutes and he's not really a 12-team guy. Points leagues, he's better, 122nd, 25 fantasy points. His offensive value is really strong in the advanced stats. He's a good scorer, takes on a good usage. He's a solid player. All of them have him in the top five or six players on this team, which makes a lot of sense. He started to play, I thought, really well towards the end of this season. Yeah, I'd much rather take a, a, a pick with him late round than I would with O'Neal. Much, much rather, obviously. And yeah, I could easily see him being ahead of Bogdanovich next season. But you don't want to put too much under Jordan Clarkson because it leads to high usage with poor efficiency and sometimes his shot selection's rough. He is getting better with that and he is defending at a better level, but there's still like, he's just an insipid rebounder. He doesn't get many assists and defensive stats are just absent. Let's talk Hassan Whiteside. He's going to be 33. 18 minutes, 8 and 8. 1.6 blocks, 65%. Like That's really good. He was the 166th ranked player. In category leagues, 158th in points. And when you needed a big man, hey, it's a low-volume day. Who can I stream in? I want blocks, rebounds, field goals. He's your guy. And when he had to start games when Gobert was out, he put up good numbers. This is his role. I really like him in this role. Come in, do some stuff. He actually defended okay. He was hyper-efficient. I thought he was pretty good this season. And this is the role for him. He's just going to be, though a stream option for fantasy leagues, a solid 14-team league guy, I would expect. But what he did this season, considering where his career was headed, was really impressive to get back to being a very impactful player. He was a plus 5.7 as well, which, considering Gobert is a 7.1, how's your backup a plus 5.7? That is amazingly impressive. That to have an on-off of that number. He was, I thought he was really good. And then from there... Oh, it's ugly. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, holy shit. Like, he was a guy that you took around 100, 110. There's a big opportunity to start in New Orleans. He went to Utah, just wasn't even in the rotation. He's like a worse Jordan Clarkson. I sometimes would watch him play, because I didn't watch him play in Utah because he didn't play. Watch him play in New Orleans. I go, does this guy know what he's doing? Does he know how to play basketball? Does he know how to work actually with a team or is he just out there one-on-one in blokes? What is he doing? He averaged 10 points in 23 minutes. He shot 37%. Bad steal, block, rebound, assist numbers. I just thought he was horrific this season. I'm not as big a fan of him as others were, but I definitely thought he'd be better than this. Like a Raptor of negative 3.1. He's absolutely lost defensively. Offensively, he was disgustingly bad. His efficiency was 10th percentile effective field goal, 9th true shooting. I don't even know where the hell he goes from here in his career. He's got $5 million for next season. He's not a point guard. He's a completely inefficient shooting guard who doesn't really play a team game and doesn't defend well. I thought he was actually one of the most disappointing players in the NBA this year. He is heading into his fourth season, I think. Is it fourth or third? No, fourth season. This is the big year for the breakout third year. He had the opportunity... And he shit on it. Like, he was just terrible. I th- 293rd was his ranking this year. I-, I think I think there is scope for him to be better than that. But Utah doesn't actually care for him that much. What's he doing there? 
Maybe they trade him away. I am... I'm, I'm out on him. He could easily prove me wrong, but... I, I don't see it. I, I'm just out. He's got good size, but... He needs a complete change in his attitude and his on-court style. He's just way out of it. He's just so far off the mark at the moment. Of the players who were actually regular rotation players in the NBA, he was by far the lowest Raptor on this team. The guys behind him, Sneed, Mia One, who got waived, Norvell Pal, who's not on the team, and Zylan Cheatham, who played five minutes. Uh, just horrific numbers. Rudy Gay... I think he might be washed. 36 minutes. It's 36 years of age, sorry. 19 minutes, 8 and 4. 41 and 79. Showed some flashes in San Antonio. We thought, hey, maybe small ball sent up. No, no. He was he was actually pretty bad this season. He's not completely washed, but he's not a guy you want to push into big minutes. Like, this is about his limit. Do we have the occasional scoring burst? Yes, it took him a while to get started with that heel injury. The first game in, what he shoot? Like, 9 out of 9? There were people actually picking him up in 12-team leagues, which was quite obviously insane at the time, but people still did it because people react to one-game samples. And he just happened to shoot 9 of 9 or whatever it was in his first game. And overall, he offered very little, and I don't think we need to read too much into that. There's not a lot else happening on this Jazz team. As Abuke ended his season early for the second straight year, he's just a big man who I don't think he's actually very good. If he was forced into a role, he would put up fantasy stats because he's a big rebounder, a big field goal guy, and a big block guy. He played 20 minutes because Whiteside went down and he was the backup center. You might get eight and seven with 1.4 blocks in 17 minutes. They wouldn't necessarily be good on court minutes, but you would get the fantasy stats. But overall, his inability to do anything offensively, which is part of the criticism of when he was drafted, like, what are you? why are you drafting this guy? Um, that's always going to keep him from ever being a guy, I think, that pushes into a larger role. I thought Trent Forrest showed some things. He's 24. He averaged 13 minutes, three points, 49% shooting. Showed some flashes. Nothing to get massively excited about, but enough to go, okay, I can see you as a rotation player. I thought you held up. I thought he held up. I'm not talking to him one-on-one. I thought he held up well defensively a lot of the time. I thought there were just some positive signs for Forrest. Again, nothing to get excited about but a steady progression in his career which is what you want to see I would like to see him shoot better than 19% from three that's horrific I think there's a little bit there he also just turned the ball over at an astonishing 21% that's an astonishingly high number so he's got a long way to go but there were enough signs for me that go okay you can be a 10th man a 9th man and there was yeah, he was obviously better than Nikhil Alexander Walker because he was just trusted more by this team Pascal played 13 minutes, played a little bit of backup center at times when players are out, took over some Rudy Gay minutes. He's not a player that I like. He needs the ball in his hands a lot. He needs high usage. He's a poor defender. He's just the wrong archetype of player for the NBA, I think, Pascal. The advanced numbers hated him defensively. He's not good enough to have the ball in his hands with high usage. He just doesn't make sense to me as a player. Efficiency-wise, good. 62 true shooting is unbelievably good. Like, that's really high. On the back of some extended mid-range numbers and hit these threes well. I just, he's not someone that I would prioritize bringing back. I just don't think he's a positive winning contributing player. And one of those guys that that rookie season was probably the best season he'll ever have. Jared Butler, I like as a player, 21. 
He played only nine minutes with four points. It's hard to read a lot into his numbers. His advanced stuff's not terrible. That's a good start. I think that he can be better than what Trent Forrest is. I think he will become better than Forrest. If I had to place a bet on who becomes the better asset long-term, it's, it's Butler. He's only 21 still. Um, we didn't get to see huge stretches from him this season, but I like where he's headed in his career. Only 69% shooting, 1.5 assists. I think he's a good distributor. He can be a good defender. And I think he can be a good shooter. No reason he can't elevate to a Tyus Jones level of player, um, which is, you know, if you do get starts, we will definitely add you in fantasy and use you that way. I think there's a little yeah, much more upside in him than, say, Hernan Gomez or Pascal, more than Azebuke, more than Alexander Walker, probably. I didn't talk Daniel House. I thought he played okay. His run, of any run that he ever has of being a fantasy-relevant guy is over. But he's a nice wing rotation piece who can be a guy that contributes some threes and gets some steals. But he's not someone that we need to look at too closely, I wouldn't have thought. And that will do it for me. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And on the YouTubes, throw a thumbs up there, subscribe, and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.